0: Dash 2024 We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Hi, Ellen.
1: Hi, Ashley.
0: So fun. It's always funny when I hit record because I'm sure everybody understands we get on these Zooms and then we go to record and it's like, okay, be serious.
1: Hello. (laughs) Right. Right. We haven't just been gossiping about station wagons for the past three (laughs) minutes. Nobody knows. Station
0: wagons fresh and bright and I'm here. That's right. That's right. We were, that's our warning is that we were also talking about Roombas, which have changed my life. And we might get an unstable internet connection because even though Roombas are wonderful, they do
1: suck up your internet. There we have it. I mean, between choosing being on a podcast and a clean floor, it's a tough, it's a tough. Yeah. I mean, there's that's, there's a clear answer. If you have a
0: black lab, it's clean floor all the time.
1: You just saw that fat cat over there walk across this. I have my own issues. I need a mamba.
0: You need you need one. <laughs> They're amazing. Okay, why don't we start? Do you want to introduce yourself to right. my
1: audience? Let's do. My name is Ellen Snow, and I am the co-founder and president of Stand Up for Downs. But that's not why I'm here. Why I'm here is because I'm also the mother. Of Henry, who is my 14-year-old son with Down syndrome. I'm also mother to Charlie, my typical child, who's 19. And I live in uh, Little Medina, Ohio, outside of Cleveland. And I am super excited to be here today. Yay, me too.
0: We had your husband, Rob Snow, on the podcast, oh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. And Rob told the story about how we met. And I actually met Rob first, and then he took me down to the deep end to meet you. But why don't you tell people how we met? Oh,
1: my gosh. Weren't we, we? Hawks K. I, th- I was going to say, we we're in Hawks K. Uh-huh. And I, that's like your, that's your zone. I had never been down to the Keys before. And that yeah. was one of the most amazing resorts. And thankfully, they brought it back after the hurricane. It's nicer. But, uh, yeah. I. I remember talking to you and you were in this cute little red tankini swimsuit oh. and we were there with our friends. And I'm like, I remember not exactly what we talked about, but I remember yeah. I felt like I could talk to you for 10 more hours. Uh, that's what so I, it I, I go yeah. be on vacation.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's how I felt too. I was like, Oh, I want to meet them. And then Later, I guess we met at a convention or something and I was like, oh my gosh, they're my friends. We probably exchanged numbers or something because I feel like
1: it didn't, it just didn't stop there, did it? We are now at a point where I think that we've known each other through the years at different conventions, at different yeah. seminars, uh, you and my husband professionally with things that I, I i mean, Cox K was nine, eight, nine years ago. I remember
0: how old my kids were. But
1: I know you're always there on the train. I know I've called you, you know, I might not talk to you for a few months and then I call you because I need yeah. advice on something. Yeah. And likewise, yeah, it's fun. Yes.
0: So yes. that was a great trip. We were on our way down to Key West and our friends that had moved away were in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like the end of their spring break and beginning of ours. And we were like, let's hook up for two nights. It's Griffin's very best friend from grade school and they moved away. And so... Yeah, it was a really special time to be with them. But similarly, I was like, oh, I want to go meet these people, but I also want to be with my friends. (laughs) So it was like,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, Well, we're both cut from the same cloth where especially my husband, Rob, if I see a member of the club, no matter where I'm at, if it's appropriate for me to walk up and introduce myself and just start talking like I've known the person for 13 years, I'm doing it. Absolutely, that's what snows for you. We are walking up to people in airports. We are bothering people in church. We are stopping on a city sidewalk. I mean, we're in the club, as we say. We're in. The we're club. in the club. You know. Okay, so what we're talking
0: about today, I, I'm coming back to that in a second. But just in, by way of introduction, from for the people. So, Ellen, you were kicking off this series, the parent series, where I know you're like the, the special so model. Yeah, yeah. Like better lighting. No, the lighting is. See, I told you, perfectly imperfect. That's right. The you know, lighting.
1: Perfect advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I told Ellen, you guys, that I, this morning, it was all going to be great, and then I had like an emergency discipline matter. The attorney has called me twice since we've started, it. and I have. And Griffin went and get, or Jack went and get out of Griffin's car this morning. And so, you know, I didn't get my hair done. I have on a cardigan. That's just the way life goes
1: sometimes. Now it's a basic Monday, folks. It's rainy. Welcome to the podcast. Okay.
0: So the, so, so today we're starting this series where we are talking to parents and I kind of hand-selected parents that have like, they, they got, it. they got it. Like in some of the cases, they've got one particular skill or one particular lesson that I just think they've done a really great job at. And in the case of Ellen, I was like, I just think you're extraordinary and you tell me what you want to talk about. And so today we're going to talk about like this big epiphany that Ellen had that kind of changed the way that she was able to caregive give and have relationships with people in her family and with professionals and everything else. So we're going to talk about that. But I want to circle back to what we just said about this kind of like, perfectly imperfect, you know, life is just as you, as it, as it comes, because I know that that's been like a big kind of learning lesson for you guys, right? Like sometimes you just can't, you want it perfect and you know, you can make it perfect, but it actually ends up to be way more beautiful
1: if it, if you don't control it all. Right. I, I agree. And I think it is safe to say that I formally retired from perfect when Henry was born. Yeah. It is not something I even care about. Obviously, I don't want something screwed up. I don't mean I want to go in the opposite direction. But I think the journey that we've had with giving Henry the best life he can give, which is every parent's goal, especially with an extra little special sauce added to it when you have a child with a developmental disability, uh, I we've gone through too much that I'm never searching for perfect anymore. It doesn't exist. I think having, you know, you and I both have typical children that are older than our child with disabilities. And having just gone through the college process with my son, he went to a rigorous high school. I I felt like this perfection thing between, you know, getting that college application and what's on my college resume, that perfection was, it's like pounded into our youth. Yeah. And I I really felt like during that whole period with my older son, I turned back to what I stated in the first place. We don't do perfect. Are, are you doing well enough and still balanced? Are you taking the classes that interest you? Are you, are you writing that essay because, or, you know, are you joining this club or, or helping out with this nonprofit because it looks good on your resume or because you really want, if it's the former stop right now. Yeah, and that was taught to me by raising Henry. Now, now I'm not saying that's for everybody. Yeah, but you want you want to talk about letting go of something that has just made life so much easier and simpler and what's and more funny is all, It's so much
0: more rewarding yes. when you're working from that place of simplicity and from your heart, as opposed to this like need to accomplish things and to make everything look good and to be perfect.
1: Totally. And and, and I. I have friends and family I love dearly that fall into that category. And I just say, gosh, that's an awful lot of energy. <laughs> well, my energy got diverted to a different place. And and what, what I find interesting is it wasn't something, you know, you're talking to me 14 years into having my son, Henry. If you talk to me, if, if you ask me these questions the first five years, I'm like, I don't know, you know, right. like. I have the benefit of looking back with hindsight a little bit on this, but I I very much can pinpoint without question that I stopped caring about perfection when Henry was born, you know, pretty quickly. They say, how, how do things change? You know, all the, all the noise has to go away if you are going to focus on what's really important. And that that was lucky for us. But one of the interesting things I find 14 years later is I have people, sometimes even strangers come into me about my lack of them imp- or, or I should say lack of perfection, because you know, I, I, I I'm i pretty much one of those joiner peoples. And I, I tend to if I join a group or a club or an organization, I tend to always end up the president of it or something <laughs> like that. And that's just who me I too. am. I'm not yeah. trying to say that I'm great with that. It's just who oh, I am. Yeah. And lots of times I'll say, well, we screwed that up, guys. Let's fix it. You know, and I'm talking to a committee full of people and, and yeah. they are like, gosh, you just really thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being real and relatable when that wasn't my goal. My goal was like, oh, yeah. wow, I screwed up and we got to fix it, guys. Well, <laughs>
0: real and relatable. And that's like when I see those, those people in the club, you know, you said you've done this 14 years in when I see the people in the club. And I go have those conversations. I feel like I'm such a different person now, 13 years in than I was when he was three years in when I was like, oh, I go to Washington, D.C. and I advocate and I do this yes. and their worth is, is so, you know, like shouting their worth and all that stuff, because, man, we have been in the trenches and we have, we have seen the dichotomy of raising our high performing typical kids and our kids with disabilities and And we have we have had those really, really awkward conversations and we have had behavior things and all and like scary medical stuff. And then we can go and say, like, look at a baby, look at a three year old and be like, you know what? This is not going to be easy, but you are going to learn so much. There's this like wisdom. I think for a lot of people, it becomes cynicism. But you and I have deliberately stayed in this place of like perfectly imperfect, wisdom and also knowing, my God, there's a lot more to come. You know, there's a lot more to come.
1: You know, I've often had times uh, where it was difficult for me to articulate what you said and I'm still not great at it. But the best thing I could say to you is I don't know why. I don't know how, And I know a large part of the population won't believe me. But for some reason, I was given a shortcut to true joy. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't come out with tremendous effort in those scary moments, like you said, whether it be medical or emotional right. or physical. I mean that it, it it as cliche as it is, it makes the joy sweeter. Yeah. And that's a gift. Yeah. That's that's a gift. And yeah. And and like you, when we go to like the National Downstream Convention or I'm at an educational sem- seminar somewhere, because I do I I do have the benefit of tagging along with my husband because he works in this space professionally, but I always go wearing my mother hat. Yeah. I'm like I'm here because right now my kid's in potty training and I'm going to the potty training right. session or my child has an IEP that didn't go so well and it's not going to be that way again next year. I'm going to the IEP right. session. So, you know, I'm I'm busy being the mother tackling whatever is in Henry's life at that moment. Right. But because of him professionally, I, I do get the benefit of, of, getting quite a broad view of the world of developmental disabilities, whether it be the best educational approaches, the latest medical research, whatever's at the forefront. I I know where to find it because of that. And and I I realize I'm lucky that way. Well, our kids
0: teach us those skills. You know, last night I was talking to a mom that has, and then, then we'll get into our list of questions, but I was talking to a mom with an emergency discipline matter and I mean, I've known her my whole life. So she she had these skills to begin with. But if she didn't have the skills like she was like, okay, well, what's that statute again? I'm going to print that off. I'm going to highlight it and I'm going to take it to my meeting. And and she was like, I have found that if I take a really organized binder and I have tabs and highlights that it impresses them, I think that makes a difference. And I was like, girl, I've been preaching that for years.
1: And, And I have to say. I feel like that is one of probably not the first thing we talked about. But I know for a fact you and I have had a conversation about that because I do not walk into a single meeting where concerning his education without my huge file box with Uh a handle. And there is information in there. Yeah. They don't have information. They're like, yeah, yeah, it works. It's it's one of the life hacks, my friends. Take that with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it Doesn't have to be anything in that box. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a few things in that box. That he talks off. about taking his
0: he calls it his law book, but taking his book in and then and inside there's like a an insert that he tells you to print off and laminate. And then when you walk in, like, let it fall out of the, the book. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it was, excuse me. Excuse me. I dropped something. And then, like, flash it so that they can see, oh, my God, they've got the law in their hand. They are literally holding idea in their hand. And when he, you know, Pete Wright is such an inc- incredible presenter and he's entertaining. And whatever. Regular- yeah. And it's like, oh, that's brilliant. And I we mean, that's the Internet. Oh, is yours slow? OK, tell me when it's back. My, my connection is fine.
1: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm dancing. I'm dancing. But I've lost you, Ashley. Okay. Now I'm to see you. Last thing I heard was you
0: sat talking about Pete Wright. That so, so but that works. You know, if you have the law in your hand, it works. There's
1: psychology
0: to this. We're dealing with humans. That's the
1: that's the end. Right, right. And like I said, those are those are the 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 intangible life hacks you pick up. That's people. right. You know, because not only do I bring a big, huge plastic hard file box. I bring a plate of cookies. One, two punch. yeah I didn't bake. <laughs> you you know, bake. I, ba- I didn't bake them, but I make them look store bought. So yeah. I I I I I take all the shortcuts. No I question. don't
0: I don't bake them for the IEP, but I bake them monthly and I put them in their mailboxes with a craft from Jack.
1: Of course you do, you overachiever.
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry I do. I know. You're right. You're right. It makes a big difference because and i always tell people if that feels disingenuous and it feels like blackmail don't take them because a lot of people are like god that is like you're buying their appreciation no gratitude to ellen snow and i is this natural thing it's it's hospitable ellen's got midwestern values i've got mostly midwestern but a lot of southern values too i live a mile and a half from the mason dixon (laughs) light you you've got hospitality buttoned up Right. It's like Cincinnati, Kentucky. It's weird. And that's that's natural to us. But if you live in, you know, New Jersey or you 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 that that feels disingenuous to you, then don't do it. Find other ways to build that relationship and to make sure everybody knows how much you appreciate them and how informed you are and whatever. Ellen, I talk. So I think this was a college class. I don't even think this was a law school class, but there's this idea of earned authority, invested authority. So sometimes we have to flaunt our vested authority, right? Behind my name says J.D. Actually, I like to stay really humble. So if I'm signing my name and I'm not an attorney, it doesn't say comma J.D. Because I'm like, I'm just I'm Ashley, you know, but there's but there's psychology in that. I babysat for a guy and his name was Dr. Bieber, but he would call me and say, hi, this is John. And I loved that. Like I called him Dr. Bieber, but he would say it's John. Sometimes he called himself Mr. Beaver, which I just thought was like so nice and humble. And I've tried to adopt that. But anyway, and best, approachable. That's what authority is, our skills, our training, conferences that you've gone to, that kind of thing. Earned authority is what we're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I know how to advocate reasonably. I know how to establish relationships. I know behavior, whatever it is like you can come to me because I have proven to you time and time again that I know this. Right. And sometimes just knowing your kid, like we have earned authority and knowing our kid, like knowing when they need a consequence and knowing when they need a hug. Right. Maybe they just come right. to us for that,
1: you know? And sometimes the reason you know help. it is because you've screwed it up. Yeah. At least I, I could say for me. Yeah. You know, oh, now I know. Yeah. I wasn't born this yeah. divine. I had okay. to screw up to get there. Look, let's back it up a little bit. Right.
0: Let's back up a little bit. And just talk us, talk us through the early years as Henry's mom with diagnosis, health concerns, developmental concerns, all that stuff. I think, I think there's a lot of relatability in there.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, trying my hardest to give the quick version, which I'm not known for my succinct language. I go on and on and on. Although I do like to say that's kind of how I get where I need to get sometimes. But Henry was born in 2009, and when we got pregnant with him, we were completely surprised uh, and delighted and thrilled because I had had fertility issues and needed help in that realm with my first child and was told I would always need that sort of help. And my husband and I had recently just moved to Ohio from Chicago, where I stepped down from Uh, my job and it was a pretty big job and had a lot of travel. And, you know, we said, if we want, you know, we really had to have that, that talk of, are we going to be these people with one child living in downtown Chicago, both traveling and working and the kids in private school and hopefully we see them or were we going to be more of a traditional family and want more children and, Slow it down a little bit, and we both pretty much knew, given my past fertility issues, that um, if I didn't slow it down, it was not going to help my chances of getting pregnant. And so I told my, I announced to my husband that I wanted to retire. Which that's when he informed me that nobody was cashing in my four hundred one k. This was not retirement, and that if he, oh man, you could have gotten Kathy a really income Was going to disappear. We were going to move to Ohio. Oh, okay. Now, that being said, my family, had, even though I was born and bred in Chicago, my family had through the years, at that time, nobody lived nearby. My parents were in Michigan and his family was in Canton, Ohio, and, and houses were half off in Ohio compared to Chicago. So he got me. I said, okay, okay, we'll go to Ohio. And lo and behold, yeah. I yeah. think. Here we go. Let's go. Two, yeah. Yeah. Within two weeks of getting to Ohio. We we found out we were pregnant. At I was of advanced maternal age because I was 35 when I got pregnant. I see the eye roll and I agree with the eye roll. Um yeah. and uh so you know they were, they were watching me a lot closer due to this advanced maternal age. And at his 20-week ultrasound, he had a couple of soft markers for Down syndrome. And so we went to the next level of ultrasounds and doctors and they pulled my old, this seems like an unnecessary detail, but, but it actually, when I throw, you'll understand it actually, it, it was an important detail. They pulled my older son's ultrasound images yeah. from 20 weeks too. And they said, let's compare your first child to the child in your womb right now. And his femur bones were like eight days shy of what they should have been you know, the gestational age or whatever they call it. And, yeah. but so were my son Charlie's. Yeah. And they said it was, wasn't was six days, wasn't seven days, was exactly eight days behind where they technically should have been. And my doctor was like, look, if you don't want an AMU, this to me just, you guys are exactly the world's tallest people. This is just, you know, your constitution. And right. and there's nothing physically we can see otherwise. And we said, we don't want an AMU. We don't want to risk it. If this is... You know, if our child is going to be born with Down syndrome, so be it. But I will also tell you, we walked out of that room really setting aside any worries, especially after seeing my older son's ultrasound. Yeah. And the reason I say that that detail is important to me is because that was good for me. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's good for everybody to not have the fear and the worry. Oh, my gosh, I'm having a child with Down syndrome. And my scientific conclusion that I will go to the, I I will fight anybody on is that our children bake differently. They, they, it's almost like when you move to high altitude, you got to change the recipe a little bit. I'm telling you something about our children. I have had so many friends with all the technological advancement they have now with, you know, being able to know things at 12 weeks. I mean, we're not going to go off into that discussion, but I can't tell you how many stories are. This might not even be a viable pregnancy. This is right. a developing age. This isn't this. Is, and then the baby comes out beautiful. Anyways.
0: The, the, you know, the stress that you can get the baby is immense. Yeah. And and I'm sure that they do research that. But and I would I would have. Oh, me too. Me too. And mine was also the biophysical markers. We also did right. not know we had Down syndrome, but we had to go through everything because his arms and legs were disproportionately shorter than his torso. But with us, they said, well, his body's probably sending nutrition. Your placenta is probably just like, you know, 80%. And so it's sending nutrition to his torso and his head. So his arms and legs will catch up when he's out and he's getting food on the outside. And that was a good enough theory that we were like, okay. And right. Now, I'm an anxious person, so I was still very anxious. I actually like put myself on self-induced bed rest the last three weeks. I would work a half day and then go to my parents' house away from my toddler and rest for four (laughs) or five hours. But I very, very similar path where I was like, I'm just going to
1: assume he's okay. Uh, Yeah. Right. And like, like. For example, my mother-in-law is a very different type of person, although she's also like she's a nurse. You know, She she's like, I would have wanted those facts. I would have wanted those facts so that I could have prepared properly. Huh? And I was like, oh, I would have been a ball of train wreck. Yeah. Like uh, my life theory for pretty much everything is I'm going to panic and freak out first and then I'll get it together and get the job done. And <laughs> I don't wish I was that way. But I know myself well enough to know that that's pretty much my M.O. Right. Ask anybody in my family. Right. Allow um, me to panic. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I always admire the people who can like stone face a major emergency and then they go in the back room and cry when it's all over. I'm like, i uh-huh. the Uh-huh. Okay. I, I really screwed that up. I need to be that way, but I'm this wow. way. So when Henry was born, everything was easy and beautiful. No problems. They did decide to induce me. And- uh right after he came out and you know, two nurses took him over to give him the Apgar test and clean him up and things like that. My husband Rob said, which by the way, this was the last thing on my mind. He said, Hey, we had a couple of soft markers for Down syndrome. Is there any way we could know that? And literally everyone that was attending me, there was probably six people in the room, walked over to the baby and just left me. And yeah. I was like, Oh gosh, yeah. And I remember I had to kind of turn this way over my shoulder. And it was really awkward to try to see my child surrounded by all of these medical professionals and my husband. But when I did, I'll never forget it for as long as I live. Henry turned his little head. I mean, he had just come out of the birthing canal. The kid was, you know, looked like that. And he looked at me and I announced, I said, oh, he has Down syndrome. Yeah. Cool. As a cucumber. As a cucumber. Like I wasn't upset. I wasn't worried. It was not my regular MO, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so uh, nobody thought he did. Not a single person in that room thought he did. Yeah. Only me. And my husband's like, you're really medicated right now. You're really exhausted. He mansplained to me why I was wrong. And I was just like, honey, he's got Down syndrome. And it it was like almost like an out-of-body experience. And then to wrap it up, uh, we had our pediatrician come in. And, and because we were, believe it or not, we were newer in town, like I said, we had only been in town about nine months. I didn't have a pediatrician set up for my other child yet because his birthday hadn't come up. And when I had to put a, you know, a pediatrician in the paperwork for the hospital, I asked my neighbor who our pediatrician was and just wrote that person's name. And, and again, that little detail comes into significance because we had the most beautiful diagnosis story. Our, our pediatrician came in about maybe three or four hours, not even I, it's all kind of a blur after Henry was born. And I never forget. She plopped her laptop. She came into our room and plopped her laptop right on my stomach and then opened up her Tupperware of lunch and started eating. she was like, I'm here on my lunch hour. So I've only got 35 minutes. Okay. And uh, He came and checked out Henry and, you know, was inspecting him and doing all the doctor things with him with the stethoscope and all that stuff. And she turned to us and she said, all right, 80% chance this kid's got Down syndrome in my medical professional opinion, but we need to wait for the blood work. And she goes, and you know what? And meanwhile, Rob and I are like. Right. Like on the ground. And, and she said, she turned around her laptop at that moment so we could see the screen. And she said, and that's amazing. And she proceeded for the next hour to show us pictures of her four-year-old daughter with Down syndrome, playing soccer, going trick-or-treating, I ah, doing all the things you would expect any four-year-old to be doing. And it was like she, I will always tell people, she had, in that moment, that person wearing that white medical coat had all yeah. the power to make or break us in that moment. And I feel like that was the very first step. Of our journey yeah. and the things that we do out in the disability community, but it, I don't know if it would have ever happened if we didn't have that.
0: Yeah, you know, I you I've never there. really thought about that, but like your big epiphany is is founded in a lot, a lot of trust for the medical community because we're going to talk about your epiphany here in a second. Yes, I have. Yes. I just I like it's got a lot of trust in the medical community and a lot of like vulnerability and, and need to rely on them and i never really thought about how you how that's like our birth story really starts us off with either trusting or not trusting medical really? professionals. Really? because that's mine was in their it period. was delivered to me exactly how i needed it it was like i mean immediately the first thing the doctor said to me and we had been through a lot and he was like i see he has a lot of uh, facial characteristics of a child with down syndrome. We're going to send him to a special care nursery and check him out. But right now he looks like a perfectly healthy baby. And I was like, okay. And, and like, that's what I needed. He knew it. My doctor was like raking his hand through his hair. And then in the recovery room, he said, the second I saw him, I thought shit. And I was like, Oh, Oh, is, is this bad? Like I didn't, Cause I didn't really, I, you know, I was a teacher and I knew a kid with Down syndrome. And so I was like, all right, I literally said, okay, what do we do next?
1: Let's
0: action, you know? So, but you're right. Like if it's not done for you and you start off, like, what do these doctors know? Or this doctor isn't treating me with respect, then yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So let's skip ahead (laughs) then. and
1: It goes to show, you know, not everyone's story is the same, but but in my world, that, that, that's, that's like poor memory from here on out that I will always have in my life. And I will, in fact, she's still his pediatrician to this day. And we have a much deeper relationship than probably most people have with their pediatrician for a multitude of reasons. But that was certainly the first part of it. And I've subsequently through the years heard so many horrible stories that it's broken my heart. And I thought, well, somebody was looking out for me somewhere because if. If somebody much more educated than me, wearing you know that that medical lab coat, came in and said, "Hey, sorry, like, come on, right? That that's not good for anybody." This you know. Yeah, you be, yeah, but that you with your
0: personality and that doctor knew you guys in the instant and knew exactly what you needed. And I think so. Then Ellen, let's talk about what your epiphany was. Like what? Okay, because so, it's like you've
1: got to do all the things, right? And then all of a sudden you just were like, hey. and and when 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 henry was born a fear did set in me not a fear about worrying about will this child be loved about not a fear about oh what will people say what will people think i could have cared less about any of that my fear was rooted in i i don't know that i can be the type of mother this kid needs like i need to know everything i need to know everything and you know i i look back in that prior life i mentioned where I was working full-time and traveling. I was a vice president at the largest insurance brokerage company in the world. And part of my job was taking care of my clients, which were large, the largest law firms in the world with like 4,000 attorneys and working with the people that were actually writing the manuscript insurance policies while making sure that they were being wined and dined properly. I sort of straddled the two. I wasn't the big policy wonk. I was more of the relationship caretaker, but I needed to know what the policy works were talking about. And I look back and then, oh, that job melted my brain every day. But I look back and I said, thank God I had that training. Thank God I had that training to read hard documents, to understand legalese when I see the phrases, you know, something that you know very well. It doesn't intimidate me. It doesn't scare me because I've been doing it for 15 years. Um, and so I had that mindset when Henry was born, like, I'm going to learn everything. I'm going to uncover everything. I'm going to get to everything. And, and, and that was a cruel thing to do to myself. And I didn't know it. And I probably yeah. spent the yeah. first three years of his life. The kid could not so much as pass gas. If I was like, maybe he has Hirschsprung's disease. I read about that. Oh, I better go read more about that. Oh my gosh. Calm down. Yeah. Calm yeah. down. Nobody was telling me that. Need calm down. But, <laughs> that's right. I think it came off to people more as look at her kicking ass and getting the job done.
0: Yes, we are we are rewarded for that kind of anxiety. Yes. We are rewarded in America for that. And that is wrong yes. because it
1: makes us yes. more anxious. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, I I, I um I you know. I would have these people that, in in the state of Ohio, it's called Help Me Grow, with, with zero to three, our our local uh, county board of disabilities came in. And I will tell you, I was blessed with the most wonderful people. I was blessed with the most amazing therapist, the most amazing, I guess she was my social worker. I don't know what her exact title was, but um, yeah. she was this mother earth kind of woman. And she's like, you're going to need to know this. And then when the time comes, we'll do this. I mean, she was truly amazing. And I was actually her last pace, like me and Henry, because she retired like literally the day after he turned three. Uh, and I loved her. And she she was really someone like, OK, let's I and I would she would come to my house to check in on Henry. And I'd be like, OK, he's three months old now. Tell me what I should be looking for in the next three to six months. Then give me the next 12 months because I need to do my research. And, and somebody told me to take him to this speech therapist for for You know, to make sure his tongue is doing this. But then somebody I read on a blog said that you needed this sort of tongue therapy. And oh,
0: we're talking tongue
1: therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and nobody knows my child has a tongue issue, but I better know it. I better know it. Right. I can, I can, you know, I was this lighthouse that was constantly on seeking the storm. And I was suffering. I was exhausted. I was. I was not a good, I wasn't being the parent I wanted to be to my five-year-old son. I wasn't being the wife I wanted to be to my husband because I was spent, I was done. You had so much thinking to do. So much thinking. So much thinking. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I've I've been trained for this kind of work. I can do this and and I could, and I could do it successfully, but at what cost? And I would also go to like, you know, our local downstream association would have these like meet moms at Starbucks night, sort of once go. a month. Gotta go, gotta go. Somebody gotta else gotta is go. gonna know something. Somebody else, yeah, yes. And part of it was was exactly that. I'd come home and my husband would be like, "So did you like? What's the deal? Did I heard you know, were there a lot of people there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, there was like these 15 moms there, and I got this one mom in a corner, and her child has X, Y, and Z disease, and." I better be watching for it now. And oh, I don't know if I can ever go to that again. It had nothing to do with the fact that I was actually meeting some really great parents right. who were sharing themselves and their stories to us newbie parents. Yeah. That moment was lost on me. And when Henry was three years old, everything, and I mean everything, changed in my parenting based on one conversation. And I had actually called a woman that I, I would say was a a very loose acquaintance. Uh, She married my neighbor from growing up who I didn't keep in touch with, but I knew that my mom gave me her phone number and she had a child with Down syndrome, lived in Kentucky and was her child's probably 10 years older than Henry. And she was talking to me and I was like, Hey, I was talking to my mom over Christmas. And she said that your son kind of had this, and I'm worried that like I'm 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 trying to watch and see if Henry has this, and and she was just wonderful, and that's another thing about this community, and I'm sure many communities where people find themselves with the same goal is that they will stop, drop everything for you if you're a total stranger and talk to you and share with you and be with you, and that's time and time again for the last 14 years. But yeah, ba- back to my point, she said, Ellen. I, I, I'm i happy to tell you about my son and, and some of those issues you ask about, but I need to tell you one thing first and you need to hear this. I didn't even know this woman. And she said, you don't have to know everything. What you need to know is maybe the people who know those things. Oh, you mean I just have to develop relationships? Something that, Now, mind you, that is something that, that speaks to a strength of mine. I realize that that's not everybody's strength, but I think it, it shifted the whole mindset of, Let's use your strengths and not exhaust the part that is your adapted behavior. I was trained to be a seeker of information and uncover things, you know, like a good lawyer. And but it it was burning me out. And the second she said that, she's like, you don't need to know everything about this one ailment your concern could develop over the next 10 years. What you need to know is, okay." she's like, you know. You, you tell me you go to a lot of the, you travel a lot with your husband, going to these conferences and these seminars. And, and I did. And, and she's like, so just get the person's card. Yeah. Right. It's oh. that simple. Control like goes out the window. It changes. Yeah, but, I mean, but we have to allow my...
0: ourselves, like, don't you think, Ellen, there's so much humility in that? There's so, you, you have to humble yourself to, to, accept the help and recognize that there's other professionals out there and then to 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 go out and seek it there's so much humility in that and so many of us
1: don't have that so much humility in that is very true but i was at the perfect place to hear this yeah i was at the end of my rope where i didn't feel like like you know i couldn't rest because my child was only 3 and he had a whole lifetime ahead of him yeah. And I knew I was intelligent and I knew I was good at finding information. And I knew I knew these things, but but that wasn't the right answer. Mm-hmm. And so now I laugh, as I told you before, I'm not very good at being succinct. I, 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 I need a stenographer at a cocktail party because I've got 17 different side stories going on. It, and somebody better remind me what we're talking about. And oh, hey, Ashley, did you meet my friend Susie over here? Susie has nothing to do with you, but you're going to be friends now. Like, I'm really good at that. Yes, you and and I'm really good at we joke because my oldest son is the exact same way. The 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 biggest gift you could give us is to drop us in a room full of strangers. Uh huh. We're your people. Uh huh. And that's often what my husband and I would do at some of these conventions where he's like, OK, I need to find someone. So I go, give me the name, I'm going to find him. I'm going to talk to him. And I was friends with his wife drinking at the bar by the end of the night. Yeah. 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 Like, I can do that. I can do that. And I either want to
0: be like in a room full of strangers with a microphone or I want to be with like my five people in my inner circle talking about like (laughs) either way, I'm going to be talking about your relationship with your mom or like your pelvic floor. Like we're going deep and we're going deep real fast. Like you can
1: figuratively.
0: No, no, not with the pelvic floor. No, not physically. But we are going to get seventy-five layers into the onion, right now. I yes. don't I, small talk. Great small talk. Small talk. Now tell me about your mom. All <laughs> right, right. Let let let's analyze you. Break it down for us. I just uh-huh. I'm the same way, and 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 Ellen. I think like we all have so much. Everybody can relate to that because we feel so much pressure. Like. We, we get them and they come with books, right? Like that's the gift to having a kid with a disability. This is what ADHD looks like. This is what a Hirschsprungs looks like. This is what yeah. um, learning disabilities look like. And look out for this and look out for that and whatever. And it's real easy to try to put that in the flowchart of life, but that's the whole, that's the whole key here. There is no flowchart of life, but there are thousands and hundreds of thousands of experts out there that can help us navigate the various stages and manifestations of all of these things.
1: And I know you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say you can walk into an event related to Down syndrome, whether you're at a charity event or at a educational seminar, or whatever it may be, and you see those newbie parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got the sharpest pencil. They got their notebooks. They got their their uh little tabs and they're ready. Yeah. And I flock to those people. Yeah unsolicited, probably very unwanted. And I say, you don't need to know everything. Yeah. Just get to know, just find out who those people are that know those things. Mm. My Rolodex is very big now. And it's something that I know I'm not the only personality type out there that could benefit from that information. You know, it it, it doesn't mean it works for everyone, but, but it, it meant so much to me to be like, wait a minute, I can actually go to this educational seminar and listen to the stories and not be furiously taking notes. Like it's the final exam of my master's degree. Yeah. Like what? Like, like that pressure just released. And you don't win. There's no winning. There's no winning in that. Right. Right. And there's no right. stopping it and there's
0: no breathing. Yes. That is it. Movement. Like, you know, I have clients. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. We could go on and on and on. The one thing i want to say here is, so I think there's this fear of, well, if I let go, it's all going to unravel. This okay. isn't letting go. You are still the general contractor. You still have the structure. You still have, you know, you're still getting the OT to communicate with the speech therapist about whatever they're co-treating on and, and that sort of thing. You still have to keep it all, all those cogs to fit. Um Wait, The machine is still moving. Moving, but you're getting so much help. And it really, like, your Henry is thriving. He's hilarious. He is successful. He is engaged. He is the, the the most involved kid. And you all, you and Rod through work are are helping so many adults with down syndrome to engage in their communities and to develop really important life skills. And I'm certain that all of the lessons that you've learned are impacting your work. So, before we sign off, why don't we tell people any other information do you want to give us so so we had rob and his national sales director nick if that was, Nick <laughs>
1: yes yes and director. so so as i mentioned before i am the president and co-founder of something called stand up for downs which is a foundation we run but i will say and that's been going on since 2013 but what it has really evolved to and probably where we put most of our focus now is in something called the Improveneer Method, and it is all over the country now. I think we're teaching 40 classes a week, whether it be over Zoom or live in person, and it is teaching improv skills to people with all developmental disabilities, and it is giving them social and workplace opportunities like never before because, you know, that that repetition of, of working on skills and improv is the perfect vehicle to do it so it's kind of mixing uh that creative theater life with actually giving them true skills that are going to benefit them and okay. so now i run the stand up for downs piece which really we still do fundraising and things like that in fact we're having an event coming up in mid-december where we're okay. showcasing all of our improv veneer classes at a at, uh, uh, local theater here in town and then we use 100% of the proceeds to fund scholarships for the Near program. So it is, okay. it does, it takes us all over the world. It takes us, and my husband has his agenda. He points to three people. He says, go at it, honey, and I go. Okay. When I'm not wearing my mom hat and getting more, you know, information for whatever phase of life my child is in, as yeah. we mentioned earlier.
0: So good. I mean, the organization is so great. I love seeing you all. And I'm just so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you can shed light for so many other parents. This is why I wanted you on here. We could do like a five hour episode. The Easily.
1: Next time, can we do it in Key West? Uh, oh, yeah, let's do. The internet <laughs> connection will be even worse. Right. Nobody will be able to understand us, but we had a wonderful time filming. Right. The
0: planes, I, I have recorded in Key West and you have to mute when the planes fly over. It's real fun. <laughs> I just give my guests like this thing, like keep talking. I'm going to mute, keep talking.
1: And then they You're just right. talk until the plane's gone. Yeah, it's fun. It's fine. Well, I also want to thank you for doing what you do because you are one of those people I always have in my back pocket. And you know, I've picked up the phone and called you before, like, hey, I might need you professionally. Tell me what that might look like. This IEP isn't going my way. Thankfully, we dodged that bullet, but I've got your number in my pocket just in case. Or, hey, this is happening, you know, professionally on this level. What do you think of this? Yeah. And you're someone that I I know has a very wide breadth of skills and you stop, you're one of those people that stop and drop for anyone that you know, in order to help them with whatever they're doing. And we are so lucky to have Ashley Barlow in the world. So thank you. Thank you. I am. A, it's a joy
0: to work in this, to build these relationships. You know, that's what we started talking about at the beginning, like the connection that we are able to develop is a result of our kids and, and being a, a part of this community is such an honor. So Thank you for that. I feel the same way about you and I'll I'll continue to call you when I don't know what to do about a
1: cussing teenager. <laughs> My advice will probably be terrible, but please do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ellen.